Hola, this is Maria Plata, and I am here to tell you all about the random things I learn every day. I am a mom, a wife, a teacher, a highly sensitive person, and just a creative soul who wants to share my day-to-day learning with you. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast, and let's get talking. Hello, and welcome to the Plata Life podcast. Today, we have my friend Frankie, um, who I met a few years, I don't know how old Diego is, seven years ago, um, and I really wanted to bring him, and I'll do another episode with his wife, because they are awesome, creative parents who I love having awesome conversations with. So, Frankie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi. um, As you said, my name is Frankie. Um, I'm an Arizona native, uh, which is rare in these parts. Um, I am a husband, father of two lovely kids, um, six and and eight years old. They're going to be uh, seven and nine years old coming up uh, within this next month. Well, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm also a web developer. um, And my, uh, I would say my, my general interests that I always wind up talking about are uh, well, one, web development, two, history, and three, genealogy. Like, I can go down a rabbit hole on any three of those and keep you occupied for hours. Yeah, I love that. I know that's, you're one of the people that when we had our DNA and all that stuff, we were so excited to share with you guys. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, look at my line. And, and that was awesome. Um, and then one of the things that I really feel like I connected with your family um, with was through creativity. And now that I've gone this kind of like, deep dive in the last few years of what it means to me and doing my um, iPad stuff that I've been doing. Um, I've enjoyed our conversations that we've had about creativity. So the first question I have for you today is what does creativity mean to you? That's a, it's a very good one. A loaded Um, question. I know. Yeah, no. um, And actually even in the things that I said that I was interested in, I, I neglected to say that I'm very interested in art ever since, uh, I was a young kid, probably ever since I could hold up a pencil. Um, like I was always doodling, I was always drawing. Um, and I think honestly, the web development path that I went to, cause I'm a front end developer, it's still that creative side where I'm creating stuff. So creativity to me um, takes many different forms. I don't think it's a specific block that um, a specific lane that someone gets put in. For some people it is dance. For some people, it is painting. Some people, it's you know illustration. It can take many different forms, but ultimately, what I feel creativity is is an outlet for your repressed soul. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes, um, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and I I feel like when we're kids, we it's not as repressed, right? So kids usually have all this abundance of creativity where you give them, uh, you know, like two popsicle sticks and a crayon and they're going to make something out of it. Whereas if you give that to an adult, they might be like, okay, this is garbage. I'm going to throw this in the trash. But somewhere along the line, I, I feel like there's, I, th- I think that everybody is, has the creativity within them. Um, I feel like some people are able to hold on to it a little bit better than others. And then some people find it later in life as far as their, their outlet, but it was always in there 
it just kind of gets buried over time for a lot of people. Oh, I definitely agree with that. And I mean, because we have younger kids and we've seen it in the past few years, I would definitely agree with it's so easy for a lot of kids to just be and just allow that flow to happen. Um, as an adult, I, I've been having conversations with people like, how does your creativity show up for you in your life? And what do you do when, like personally for me, when I'm drawing and I'm just like drawing a blank and I can't think of anything and I'm like, I have 10 minutes before the baby wakes up, I have to create something now or it's never going to get out of my brain. Um, so what are some things that um, that you do in your life to kind of get past those fears or those blocks, I guess you could call them. That, let's see. Um, you touched on something I think anybody that's creative or is trying to tackle a creative pursuit runs into, and that's that creativity block. Um, usually what I wind up doing, say I'm, I'm trying to implement, like, say I'm trying to like do a painting uh, which again, I haven't done in a while, but um, you, the hardest part is starting. So honestly, that's, that's literally the hardest part. <laughs> this is, this doesn't sound very introspective right now, but no, honestly, the, <laughs> the hardest part is starting um, mainly because it's you that's in the way. Um, there is, and I'll only use this kind of loosely for this explanation, there's a methodology that I came across called Eat the Frog, and it's basically what it is, it's, it comes off of a supposed Mark Twain saying where if it's your job to eat a frog first thing in the morning, it's best to, I'm messing it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning basically saying, hey, if there's some unsavory task that you need to accomplish or something where you're like, I, I just can't get started on this, you basically try to put yourself in the mindset of, okay, you know, come hell or high water, I am going to accomplish this task. And then it's out of the way. So even with something creative, you still sometimes run into a block where you're like, this feels like a task. This feels like it's not something that's just flowing out of me. So a lot of times you just have to kind of place yourself in that mindset, basically getting out of your own insecurity, uh, you know, path that's in your way that's preventing you from starting that perfectionist, uh, you know, obstacle that you're like, well, I don't want to start it and it's not going to be what I have in my mind. Um, but that's the whole thing that keeps creatives like from creating. Um, and the biggest thing is to literally just do it. And then usually halfway through that process, you're like, okay, now I, now, you know, the muscles are warmed up. Now I can steer it in the direction that I want it to go. Um, but my advice is basically to just do it, but you have to kind of find whatever methodology works for you to get you in that right mindset. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I remember hearing, we had that conversation before about the frog thing and it's, I do that with like phone calls when I have, I hate talking to people on the phone when I have to like call like a company or, you know, with all the stuff happened with our house and the leaking and stuff, I'm like, I have to call it. And I'm like, dang it. And I'll put it off all day long. And then like the mind space it takes to like do that one task. I'm like, I could have just called five hours ago and I still haven't. Yep. Um, so I definitely, <laughs> and it's like, why haven't I? And it's, it's like stupid things that just get in the way that I, I definitely agree that happens with creativity or parenting or any other thing that you're like, if I just do the thing, 
first thing in the morning, it'll clear my mental space for something else later. So I, I definitely appreciate that, um, that input that you have. Um, and then leading to our next question is all about parenting. Um, as you know, my children are, they're fun and sometimes can be kind of intense. And as a highly sensitive parent, I find that, man, it takes a lot of me to, to really dig deep and figure out what I can do to make things work um, the way that they can for my family. So the first um, kind of thing I, I've been talking with people is we don't share enough about how hard it can be to be a parent. Um, and I know like our families have had really good conversations about that. And I think there's this, I don't know, misconception that parenting should be all flowers and I don't know, rainbows. And that if you say how hard it is, that maybe you're ungrateful. And, you know, in our culture, that's like a bad thing. You respect your elders and you respect your mom. And, and so I've been kind of asking this question if when you look at your parenting journey, like what are some of your biggest challenges? My biggest challenge. Oh, I'm getting there. Oh, you're good on my end. Okay. Um, my biggest challenges are, as you said, kind of. Um, so it, essentially, breaking cycles. Um, I think we're both blessed and cursed that we live in the information age, because we can research every single minute detail of how to parent. Whereas the generations before us, you could talk to other parents, you could possibly read a book, or um, you just winged it. But it, there wasn't necessarily a uh, you know on tap resource for looking. Uh, you know, I, I my my kid is doing this. What does that mean for his age group? Like, what's the you know? It you can go down a whole rabbit oh, hole. Yeah. It, whereas <laughs> yes, whereas in the past it you know, you didn't have that. On top of that, um, I think, I don't know if it's because of the advent of the, um, the information age or just our generational mindset, but we question a lot more, I feel, than the generations before us, which sometimes put, puts us at odds with our, our elders, as you mentioned, whereas, you know, they tried to teach us the, the old ways, so to speak, of how they grew up, but you know, time isn't stagnant. Um, the the per perceptions and and traditions and and just the uh, the whole manner of going about life changes. You know, each decade, what's what's normal to us is now not even normal to the generation that you know is growing up right now in grade school. Um, so the hardest part is taking all of that. In. <laughs> and trying to still channel it into something that's positive um, so that your children can grow up to be capable adults, um, teaching them that you know nobody is perfect, not to necessarily strive for perfection, but, try, but strive to basically flourish instead of you know, just keep your head above water. Um, So I guess there's more than one answer to that question. Yeah, no, there's many answers, and yeah. they they change and evolve always. Um, yeah, I mean, if we could if we could dissect each one, I would say so the the culture one. So we both come from uh, you know a Mexican ancestry background. 
Um, and so with that comes a lot of uh, basically, you know, tradition that's instilled as, lot, uh, as well as a lot of religious tradition. And again, because of the generation that we are where we question a lot of stuff, if it doesn't make sense logically to us or it doesn't make sense, um, I would just say, yeah, if it doesn't make sense logically to us, then we have a tendency to challenge it and it kind of winds up making us forge our own path um, mm. because by challenging it, you're kind of, you're putting yourself at odds with like centuries of tradition. And so trying to break some of those cycles is insanely hard if you don't have a network of people that are, you know, trying to keep the positivity and, and uh, trying to go about it in a methodical way so that you know, you, you actually have a path to go down, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, of course. And I think that also makes our, it, it's like a, a double-edged sword, I think, because we are doing these things as, and we're learning ourselves. And at the same time, we're having to parent these young kids. And so it's like, I'm making it up as I go, kind of, no one else has really done this. It can be a really like lonely feeling, like we're the only ones doing it this way, or maybe we shouldn't do it this way. And so then that gets all you know, and then you research more things like you mentioned. I haven't even, I didn't even think like, I didn't even think about that. That yeah, any little thing that happens, I'm constantly on my phone, like, what is this? What does this mean? How can I do this? And that is a very, um, can definitely be a curse for sure. Um, but along with, you know, the biggest challenges, I think part of that gift that you've mentioned, like it's kind of a gift and a curse is we get to see our kids and what they're doing in a new light. And we get to kind of make a new path for them if they want to take it. And so my next part of that question is, what are some of your best parenting moments where you're like, oh man, this parenting gig is actually really awesome. Um, there's, there's a lot of them. The, so some parts of parenthood, and I think this is true for anybody, regardless of who you are, in the world, what country, I think it's a universal human thing, is we are trying to take the good parts of how we were raised and discard the bad parts or what we perceive to be the bad parts. Um, so in this case, there's there's little tiny things where maybe um, maybe you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I didn't uh, I didn't play throwing catches as much as I feel I, I wish I would have, or my dad would have when I was when I was a little kid. So you kind of go out of your way to to make those moments for your kid. And honestly, any the biggest payoff for any for anything is laughter and smiles from your from your kid, knowing that they're having a good time, knowing that they know that you love them. Um, that I think is the simplest, greatest reward of being a parent is seeing a smile on your child's face and knowing that they're happy. If for nothing else in this in this world, I could wish it's it's for them to be happy and know that they're loved. Because without that, that's I mean you don't have a strong foundation without that. Oh, I love that. I just picture Diego in my head with this big cheesy smile, you know, like when they get like that goofy, like I'm really happy face. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Man, that, that like made me feel all the feels right now. Um, it is. I mean, yeah. And 
I think maybe that's why we enjoy play dates so much with, you know, families that we get along with because we see that together and it's that like, oh, there's a name for it, that when you feel joy together, like when you go to a concert or oh, I'm blanking on the name of it, I'll look it up later, but um, maybe that's what happens with parents. Yeah, it's like, like, a, like I don't want to say communal joy because that sounds weird, but it's a shared joy experience. So like when you go to a concert, um, and you have that really good feeling because you're sharing the joy with the people around you. I think parents feel that at play dates, which is probably why we seek them out so much. Yes. Um, I'm like, yeah, our kids are happy together. Yay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the next question is, I, in thinking of our kids, I think because, you know, they all, all of our kids go to a Montessori school. We've kind of forged that path, as you said, you know, this, this thing's not working, for, you know, and I was, I come from a, like a public school, a traditional public school setting as a teacher and making that decision for my child to go to a different kind of learning environment was hard. Uh, but it really made me think, you know, what are some of the things that we can do as parents um, to help inspire this next generation to really show up authentically and to be themselves and to just live their lives, you know, how they want? What are some of the things? That you think we can do there's a list <laughs> um so it's it's it is a list it's it's honestly something that uh my wife and i kind of touch base on let's say daily um so one of the things is making sure that they know that they have a voice so asking them you know simple things like you know what was you know like what was the funniest thing that happened at school today? You know, uh, you know, open-ended questions like, you know, who got in trouble today or stuff like that so that they can reveal parts about their own day so that they feel comfortable sharing their life with you. Because if, if they don't have the confidence or if they don't feel comfortable enough to be able to share their life with you as their parent, that it, it's a, a little bit more of an obstacle once they get out into the real world which again goes back to, you know, making them feel that they're, they're loved and, and, uh, you know, and, and that they, they matter and that you have to have that sense of trust instilled. Um, on top of that, whatever their interests are, and when they're this age, I mean, it, it varies, it, it can change from one month to the next, but validating those interests. So not, you know, like, oh, you know, this isn't for you. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it honestly can be anything. It can be, you know, like if my, my daughter wants to play baseball, if someone says, Oh, you can't do that. It's for boys. No, that's, that's not the age that we live in. We don't um, do that here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't do that here. It's if you want to do it, you can do it as, as long as it's not harming anybody else. Um, but if you want to be you know, if you want to be an astronaut this weekend, if you want to be, uh, you know, a, a scientist, whatever that pursuit might be, we try to foster that as much as, you know, reasonably possible. So um, there's been times where my kids have shown interest in, you know, in music. Um, and so we've gradually built up like a little, a little arsenal of, of different uh, instruments. And granted, it may not be cutting edge, but we're trying to foster that very tiny spark of, you know, what might later on turn into maybe they are going to be, you know, a famous, uh, you know, 
guitarist or or drummer or what have you but without us fostering and encouraging that and letting them know that hey this is something that you can pursue especially if it makes you happy then they they won't and i think a lot of us can say at one point you know someone said oh you know there's no money in that field if you know maybe it's like i want i know when i was a kid i actually wanted to be a cartoonist um and a lot of different stuff and somewhere along the path it got beaten down a little bit because they're like nope not a good path you should be you know pursuing um like business management or something like that something that definitely did not um give me a creative outlet yeah and some people can balance the two uh as far as you know having a very specific business oriented um profession and then still having like an artistic outlet but for a lot of people they need to know that you can blend the two and a lot of kids don't know that they don't they only know what they've been taught and that feeds into when you become an adult so being able to instill that foundation where they know stuff is not written in stone you can have many interests you don't have to choose one interest you can have many interests and you can pursue them all at different times and that makes you human and that that's the that's the whole point of life is to explore and you know there's a there's there's a saying that i heard um and it's basically you know we're we're not here for a long time we're here for a good time something to that effect Mm -hmm. um and i I mean I, i do think of that uh in some respects where it's basically yeah i mean you only have so much time here on this earth why would you want to set up yourself or your children to not be happy during that time (laughs) you know like if something brings you joy foster that let it flourish and you know and i think that'll set you up to at least have a foundation a basis for for happiness uh later on and also very specifically to your question allow you to live authentically because ultimately your interests what makes you you is who you are as your authentic self oh, i love that i think i really needed to hear that it's okay to explore many things um i just sat down right before this interview to like write down all the things my current <laughs> projects and i could not stop writing i'm like oh my gosh i'm trying to do so much right now and it's like because I'm having fun and I'm exploring. And so I, that was like perfect timing. The universe is like, you just need this little nugget of information. You're fine. Um, but yeah, no, I see that in our kids, especially, you know, because they are so young and they do have a ton of interest. And there are times where I'm like, oh my gosh, just pick something because there's so many things that you're interested in. But I feel like that feels like I'm squashing that idea down, you know, when you're like, just pick something or you know, in, in reverse, when I, I've been trying to convince Diego to join dance class again, and I have a friend who goes to that dance one-on-one place, and everyone's like, oh, we love it. It's just like, I just don't want to. I do, what do you say? It doesn't make me very happy. Mm-hmm. Like, you've seen him, and he loves to dance, and I'm like, okay, a class like that is not gonna make him happy. Why would I push that? Why would I force our family on Monday nights to, like, do the tantrums in the car because he doesn't want to go like that just doesn't make sense so I I appreciate that um, perspective as well Um, so yeah kind of going off of that last question is what why do you think that parents do that 
like when they squash their kids' dreams down or they they maybe try to convince them to go, you know, the other way. What what do you think makes parents act that way? Um I think it's a combination of things. I think one of it is they don't know better. That's that's scenario number one. They're like, this is just the way it's always been. Um, like, why would you question it? It's always worked this way. I, mm -hmm. I did this. My parents before them did this. And this is we the way that fine. community. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, scenario number two, they're trying to live vicariously through their child. Oh, yeah. And they're like, well, I didn't get to do this. So I'm going to make sure that they do it. Even if they're not interested in it, I still want to kind of have them you know, forge the life that I felt like I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't able to. Um, scenario number three is they're trying to, I would say, you know, it, it's not a malevolent, uh, like, um, avenue that they're trying to approach. They're, they're trying to basically expose their, their child to new things um but it's a that last scenario which i feel is, is the scenario that i kind of place myself in um is you're trying to expose your child to new things to kind of gauge their interest in new things because of the fact that we have access to so many different things you're like okay well i, I at least need to let them you know try stuff out to see what sparks their interest um and it's a fine line to walk between all right, am I forcing them or are they just, you know, in a bad mood and once they push through it, they're actually having fun. It's just they're apprehensive because it's something that they haven't done before. Oh, That's right. the hardest one. That's the hardest line to walk because of the fact that it can steer into one of the other two. Ooh, that, yeah, um, that's deep. I like that. <laughs> so you have to, you have to kind of speak to them you will yet to make sure that you speak to them after to kind of follow up on it so it's 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 also probably one of the hardest ones also whereas the other ones are kind of you're just going through the motions that one it's it's more of the thinking one because you have to check in you have to say okay are you still interested in this after each one because it may change after the second or third time like uh like right now we have um uh, my son and uh, the little little league uh, farm, so it's like fundamentals before any of the actual games or anything like that. Um, but he's also a little kid with lots of energy that is hard to focus. Um, but the more games, we, there might there's sometimes where we, as we're leaving, he's like, I don't want to go, and I'm like, okay, well, is it you just don't want to go because you're watching like a TV show and you wanted to finish it, or you know? And it's hard sometimes extracting that information. But then the next day, you may hear like, oh, yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that yesterday. And, you know, I'm like, okay, so you, you do like it. But, you know, once it comes to a point, or if it ever came to a point where he's like, I really don't like that, I don't want to go, I feel it makes me feel bad. Or, right. you know, I, I just, I want to do this instead, all of my interest is in this other thing. At that point, then, you know, you're like, okay, well, maybe let's switch it up. And he's been in a couple of different things. He's been in like jujitsu and again, you know, like starter stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, but you know, I think it, it really comes, 
<laughs> it really comes down to really when you do, I guess what I'm thinking when you do that and you say, okay, I value what you think about your own life. It's, it's mm -hmm. you're showing them that you respect what they believe and what they think about their own lives. And that kind of leads back to the beginning of the interview when you kind of shared, you know, like the foundation of are they loved? That's that's a form of showing them like I believe what you're telling me is true about your own life, and isn't that ultimately like what we need to be doing with our kids? Is as opposed to like, oh, you say you don't like it, but I don't really believe you, so I'm going to force you to do it anyways. Like that, what kind of message would that be sending? So, all right, I guess it's fine. I didn't sign him up for dance class. Maybe I was in scenario two where I'm trying to live through him, you know, because I didn't get to go to dance class. That's partially true, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I really think that you have something there with the three scenarios, like that makes a lot of sense. You know, it, it is a fine line, definitely of do I push or do I pull back? And I think that's like a daily question we ask ourselves as parents for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's so good to sit down and talk with you about these things. I know we do it all the time, but is there anything else you want to share about creativity or parenthood or just life in general? Any last tidbit here that you want to share with the listeners uh yeah um, um spend time with your kid um and i mean because so many times we can get very caught up in the day-to-day -day, uh work tasks and you know after you get off work maybe you're you know you're like i gotta do the dishes i gotta do this you know upkeep of whatever it may be um but ultimately carve time out you know, to just like lay on the floor, play, you know, little play Barbie with them, play uh, GI Joe, play whatever it is that they're doing. If they're drawing, draw with them, um, just show up for them, basically. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you're extremely tired, but those found those foundational um you know that that foundational time that you're spending is what they're going to remember they're gonna remember oh i remember you know when they read me stories or when they used to draw with me all of that i think sets the foundation to let them know that they're loved that they matter um and i think that's that's it's one of the most powerful things and it's also one of the hardest things to do a lot of times just because our life can get so much in the way um so I would say that is just carve time out, make sure it's a priority. Um, of course, there's millions of other priorities that you have, but your your kids should be the, the number one priority. Awesome. Uh, I know. So simple yet so hard, right? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm going to stop recording me. here. Okay. So